Well, hello and welcome back to another episode of Say Something Interesting, a podcast that cares. I like to say that because Brett's like, what? <laughs> and he's not here to say anything. Uh, I'm Margo and with me is Megan. Yay, it's a girls podcast. Woo-hoo-hoo. All the guys in the car groan a little bit, <laughs> but we don't care. Uh, Brent is in Hawaii with his lovely yeah, li- so wife, so. He really has no say in the matter. While the Brent is away, the ladies <laughs> will record the podcast, so. <laughs> And actually, I was thinking about it, kind of sad stuff. Yes. Not only is this our last opportunity to probably record a podcast together, yes. but this is my second to last podcast. Ah! And maybe I'm being a little preemptive, but I think this is a good opportunity to announce that this other voice that you hear. Oh, man. <laughs> Megan Bojan. That's me. Is going to be the new female lead. <laughs> lead anchor on the yes. Say Something Interesting podcast. I was wondering if you were going to say anything or if you were going to let Brent so, say something about it. Some I'm, other I'm, time. I'm taking the glory. <laughs> so if you ever thought, man, I wish I could hear more of this really intelligent person, you will. <laughs> Whether you like it or not. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's all good. Uh, we had a one-off series this week uh, at East Lake Tri-Cities Church. Uh, which is what this podcast does, is we just kind of chew the cud yeah, <laughs> from Sunday a little bit more, let it digest and talk about any thoughts or any takeaways or any things that we just didn't have time to to touch on on Sunday. We take advantage of your time now, wherever you, we find you during your week. Uh, and this was a one-off uh, series. I can't, like I always say series, but it's not the one-off yeah. sermon. sermon. Sermon talk. It's a talk. A TED Talk? Sure. 20 minutes? You know, yeah. <laughs> I would actually probably say that it was a little TED Talky because you were like, this is my opportunity. Like the premise of it all mm-hmm. was this is my opportunity. What do I want you to know about my heart? If I can say heart? anything yeah. to you. Yeah. yeah. So apart from the the most logical thing that people would be like, well, she probably is going to share that she loves avocados and tried to <laughs> convince her husband to change her last name to that when they got married. Uh, <laughs> I also shared about, this is going to be shocking, Jesus. Oh, <laughs> what? A pastor who talks about Jesus. I know. It happens occasionally. <laughs> uh, but um, talked about in Luke about uh, Jesus kind of picking his his crew mm-hmm. and how that came about. And um, he talked about coming up to Simon, whose nickname for the rest of intensive purposes is Peter. I kind of like identify with that because... Her oh yeah, name's Hannah. Mm-hmm. But go by Margot. I'm like, okay, I get it. It's annoying, but I still. I get don't it. identify with that at all. But that's because <laughs> both of my parents had that happen to them, and so oh. they were very none intentional. of that nonsense. Yeah, <laughs> none of that confusion. Yeah, my dad goes by Jack, but that's not his name at all. Oh. And my mom goes by Betsy, which is a nickname of her middle name. So. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> the same as me because my middle name is not Margot; it's what? Margaret. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> And Margot comes from Margaret. Oh my gosh, so that's hilarious. Me and Megan's mom just became best friends. <laughs> I don't think you've ever met. I think we met one time. Oh, okay. One time. Okay. Not enough times, apparently. No, not enough times. Because we are our best friends. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so was there anything about Sunday that, that struck you or maybe something that... I mean, I always say it's... I love the challenge of of preaching or talking about common stories that we hear because... Um, I always think like if the Bible, as Christians, we believe it's a living word, which mm-hmm. means that um, it's not stagnant. Like if you have God, if you have the author of the book with you as you're reading it, yeah. like you're going to pick up on things new every single time. Um, so I like to talk about really popular verses because I feel like we get into this point where we're like, okay, I know this story. 
And yeah. we kind of autopilot until like the, oh, I don't remember this verse about Elijah sending bears to kill a pack of boys. Like, this is interesting. <laughs> uh, and the the more popular Sunday school stories kind of get glossed over, which like they're popular for a reason. So like, yeah. what is that reason? And I think it's it's good sometimes to sit on something that we think we have mapped out and to see maybe what else appears from that. Yeah. I like that too. That's, I grew up Presbyterian. And so we were very like, you do the same scripture every three years, more or less. Um, like, well, I mean, pastors have some leeway, but if you're really following the, what they call the liturgy, um, which is like a set of scriptures that you do every year. Um, they have usually Presbyterian church has a three year cycle. And so if you're really following it, you do the same scripture every three years. As do Catholics, as Mm -hmm. do, you know, a lot of the, more structured churches yes, that yes. aren't so loosey-goosey. <laughs> um, and I had, we had a pastor when I was in high school who really followed the liturgy, but he loved it. And he was really masterful at finding the one thing that stood out to him that time and pointing it out to you. And um, so it was really, so for those stories that you hear all the time, it's a really great way of like revisiting them is a great way of re- awakening something or finding or being like oh i can read the bible more than once or i can read yeah. this this book more than once and get something well, else and it from speaks it. to you differently at different seasons of oh, your yeah. life so <laughs> have I you mean, ever had a, like a bible that you highlighted from like years ago and you open it up <laughs> and you're like what was going on yeah <laughs> it's like reading your junior high journal it's, it's pretty close <laughs> and it's just some highlights i'm yeah. just like oh poor little baby yeah. margo like you were having a tough time the struggle was real i was like what was what is your struggle right yeah, now that some yeah. boy didn't AOL instant messenger you yeah. back? Like yeah. that's your struggle. <laughs> I know. So it is, I think for me with this verse, this time I was just struck by how poignantly you talked about the first step is letting Jesus in and like, you don't have to believe in him. You don't have this to. This is not a promotion for hitchhikers, by no, the no, way. No, 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 no. There's a guy with his thumb on the side of the highway. Don't stop. Well, yeah, no. <laughs> Unless you have some other protocol in place where you can do that. But (laughs) yes, I just like that's such a really it's an easier first step. I think Mm -hmm. we get so caught up in exactly thinking it's going to be he's going to want me to sell like all my stuff and live in a mud hut and do this and that when really it's it it starts small. Yeah. And even the first things Jesus usually asks you are really attainable and small. And he's like, I just want you to. I want to be in presence with you and I want you to think about me when you're doing stuff and mm-hmm. let that dis- determine what you do. Like, and it's I lo- pretty easy. And I love that he, one of the things I see over and over again and how Jesus collected his disciples and really connected with people is that he spoke their language. Like all the parables um, were, were stories about like agriculture and stuff. And he was speaking to an agricultural society. And when he was collecting these disciples, he collected them in ways that he knew would be specifically impactful to them. And so we see that he comes across a fisherman who doesn't know a lot about scripture. And Jesus preaches a sermon essentially from this guy's boat. And he knows that that's not enough. Like that's not enough to open the door. Mm-hmm. The guy was probably like, wow, this guy's really intelligent and really smart, which we can kind of um, deduce from like what he says. Yeah. But what gets to him is Jesus tells him, this is your job is fishing. I'm going to speak to you through fishing. Yeah. I like, if this is, this is your life, I'm going to speak to you in something that you understand completely. And I'm going to have you do your job just in a slightly different way and see, see where that leads you. Yeah. 
just, I don't know. He like, God is big enough. He comes to where we are. He doesn't need us to, he doesn't need us to find him. He's already there. Like we just got to turn around and say, Hey, like come with, walk with me. Mm-hmm. And I like, I think some people were like, and that's why I don't go to church. Cause I don't need to, to go to church to find God. Like hiking on the trail is my church or fishing in a boat's my church or enjoying a, a growler at a local <laughs> establishment. And I, and I don't want to say that God's not in those situations, but the thing is church, I think is super helpful. Well, actually a sermon I heard about the same patch, uh, this same passage says, uh, we go to church to to clean our nets so that the failures that we face in life, that we clean our nets and that we get encouraged to go back out again. So yeah. church serves not just an encouraging purpose, but I think it's hard to identify God or recognize God in our daily lives unless we understand him better. And that understanding yeah. is usually best found in a good church environment. Yeah. I say good because yeah. there are toxic church environments oh, and all these sure. things. And well, and there's also a certain amount of accountability when you have this community of faith that's surrounding you. Like I can't, like I know I'm going to have to look at this person and tell them what's happening in my life. And is that really like, if I call myself a Christian, then like I need to be making sure I'm accountable to that and having people on earth who you are accountable to for that is really an incredible thing to have and, you know, you know, loving and supportive and like yeah. healthy kind of Your way. Tribe. Yeah. Uh, to me, I think the, the, one of the best analogies, which is ironic because I obviously ignore it. If you know me at all is I feel like the difference between someone that's like, Oh yeah, like I have a relationship with God, but I don't, I'm not plugged into a faith community and someone that is pursuing Christ and is, is plugged into a faith community is the difference between having a gym membership and then having a personal trainer. <laughs> because yeah. when Margo goes to Planet Fitness, she does the nice little like 20 minute circuit and is probably using the machines wrong and like hurting her pre-existing <laughs> awful joints and all these things. But I know, but I know if I went to a personal trainer, he would push yep. me to where I got the most out of the workout. He would, and here's the thing, he would push me but he would also make sure that I'm not doing anything that would hurt myself. Yeah. And I feel a lot of people do the, I'm going to open the Bible up to a random page and read something. And I feel like they spiritually injure themselves because there's no one walking alongside them being like, this is actually what this means. And this is this is the bigger context that you need to understand these events yeah. in. And a lot of people have been like, nope, like this book is weird and scary and I don't understand it because they haven't been able to say, maybe I do need someone to walk with me towards this to get the most out of this. Well, and even if it's not like even someone who's just a little further on in their faith journey can be like, Oh, you're going to plateau. Yeah. Or, and Oh, or like to someone who's new in that saying, Oh, that's not how I interpreted that. Or just like hearing different versions or different ways of interpreting different things can is helpful and accountability and like, and you're like, oh, like opens your mind to maybe different ways of thinking about things other than what just you yourself have decided. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anything else? I mean, from about the, your sermon or the your... the, f- the three things at the end. Oh, yes. Can you remind me yes, what the three things I can do? That. I kind of remember them, but okay. I don't want to well, like butcher like, them. I didn't just like leave it as one sentence. I expounded it on yes. all of them, which gets confusing. <laughs> Uh, number one was that like God loves you, that he would do and has done everything to, to pursue you. Um, number two is that, uh, God is big enough that he's big enough for your questions, your doubts, your anger. 
Uh, and number three is that you are incomplete on purpose and how that's a good thing because our completeness is found in a God who's unchangeable and aging and, and isn't going to leave us behind. Yeah. I think that last one's probably the hardest to for like, especially non-believers to wrap their head around. Uh, but they, they can acknowledge that yes, they're incomplete. Yes. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. But to acknowledge then that my incompleteness would be like, it would be non-existent with God for a non for someone who's not a Christian, that's a pretty big jump. Like that, my completeness is found in this entity that I don't believe in. But they're so like it's so they're already so <laughs> close to it because they know, like they know in their hearts of hearts yeah. that even if they have the brand new phone and this best job, there's like there's always going to be this unhappiness, this unrest, this uneasiness, this wearisome. Mm-hmm of the soul uh, when it comes to walking through life. And so they know that like nothing, I, I can't think of, like I can think of something and then it's like the bubble's going to burst yeah. on what's going to make me feel complete and whole. Um, and it's like, you're so close. Like <laughs> you're right there. I know. I think that too. I feel that about like friends I have who don't believe in Christ. And um, sometimes when I see them in seasons where they're really doubtful or struggling, I'm just like, like, I just know what you're searching for. And I like, you know, like I wish I could make you better see that what you're searching for isn't something on this earth. It's something else. And that your completeness is, has nothing to do with who you are, what you do. It has to do with like who created you and who they, and who he is and Mm -hmm. what they're doing through your life. Yeah. I, I think for me, like the third one, I feel like has come up enough in my life that like I'm okay with that. I think the second one though, and I, I'm pretty sure I said this in both services, I feel like the second one is something that church needs to be better at addressing, Yeah, uh, which is that God is big enough. Like I, a lot of people feel like, well, there's parts of Christianity that I can poke holes through with, you know, my, my big old brain and mm-hmm. <laughs> all these things. So like it doesn't hold water. Yeah. When in reality, like God is God is big enough for your questions, like, because um, I know if I googled uh, some big question about God, if like how God can't be real, I'm gonna find a blog post. But like, it's it's a lot harder to be like how how can I like prove that God is real? Like people are oh, willing yeah. to Google like the how do I disprove this? Yeah, they're willing to put themselves in that camp that camp because they believe that 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 God in the Bible is not big enough to to take it. Yeah, and so they just assume and like I feel like that that discounts it. And I and I've talked about this. I know I've talked about this in sermons before, but um, I have cousins that are so dear to me. They're honestly like another mother and father figure in my life. And um, the the male cousin to me, uh, he's like hurting so bad. And it's so hard for me because I know for him, like it's the anger thing of like, I'm so angry at God for, for events that were out of my control in my life um, that happened and that hurt me. And I don't think God's big enough to take my anger. Like, I don't think it like, yeah, he, he doesn't want anything to do with me because he knows how, like, if I do acknowledge him, how angry I would be at him. Yeah. And people just think that, that God can't take it, and he really can. Yeah. And uh, I always tell people that when like when horrible things happen, I like don't tell them it happens for a reason. That is something you should not do. No. I always tell them that the anger and the remorse and the sadness that you're feeling, that God feels those things even yeah. more so. 
because he created a perfect system where none of this should should have happened um, and humanity broke it and the world is broken and God, as much as it's hard to believe God cares about those people even on a higher plane than we ever could. And so he is just, no, he is exceedingly more upset, exceedingly more broken and angry that these things happen. Um, And I think that's really important to him that people understand that aspect about him. I just was thinking about like, because in Brent's last sermon, he was talking about lamenting and like, where does that culture come from? Where that comes from God, right? We are made in the image. So what we feel and how we are reacting to things, God is that exponentially more so. And uh, it is, it's funny that we don't remind ourselves that we think like, Oh God is, God is love, but God is also like, pure grief and yes. pure frustration sometimes yes. and you know yeah. all these other things and he's i don't know like i just think of him like if, i'm not a parent but when i think about parents and when their children are hurting or when their children are or when they're upset with their children or when their children are upset about something they're like pile it on me i got it for you right and we are so okay with accepting that from a parent-child perspective, but we don't think God can handle our pain and our grief. So I know mothers who are, are just say, I will take it. I will help you take that. I will grieve. I will be angry with you. Like, be angry at me. I can handle it. But you, but that God is the same times a bajillion, yeah. you know? What like here's it here's something flip it on you if you could tell, <laughs> like if you had a, a soapbox where you knew everyone was at least most everyone was listening very acutely to what you'd have to say mm-hmm. what would you say from that soapbox in like the context of God? No, I'm <laughs> just saying anything. Like if what is your one thing that you'd want the world uh, to know? What is the oh yeah because I guess that's kind of what you just did. Um, the one thing I would want the world to know, and is, I mean I'm making it hard for you because I gave yes, three things. I know. Um. <laughs> Uh, that they were created for a purpose. They are on this planet for a reason. They have value. They are loved. They deserve to be loved. Um, and it is, um, they are here and need like, because there is a reason. And, um, I think, so I work in a middle school and, uh, something that was very, man, you just got me, Margo. Um, something that's really important to me with working with middle schoolers is that they really devalue themselves a lot. And that breaks my heart. And it breaks my heart when other people do it too. Because because um, we're all, we are all here for a reason and we all have value because you are here. Your value has nothing to do with what you are contributing, you know, as it were to the world because... Um, like you were beautifully and wonderfully created. So thanks, Margo. You gave me some feels too. <laughs> well, I, like that's so, that makes such sense to me just because, I mean, I definitely remember middle school. Like I remember it, like it was a, a switch that was turned on, like a negative switch of elementary school was great. And then middle school, like suddenly everyone notices what everyone looks like and what everyone's doing. And like, it's this like pack hierarchy and, food chain that's just so ugly and I remember that like that feeling of I for me it was always this divide of wanting to reject the system because I didn't like how the system made me feel so I'm like I'm gonna dress like a tomboy and I'm gonna be defiant in these ways but also like 
really wanting to be admired or someone to see something in me. Yeah. And I think in our today, I, a lot of my students try and devalue themselves before someone else can yeah, devalue them. Yeah, if I can them. make the joke first then. And, or like if I can just say I'm dumb or if I can just like, you know, say this thing so that when I'm not successful or when I make a mistake, it's not as big a deal. Uh, and like, it just breaks my heart uh, because they are such beautiful humans and so deserving of uh, feeling valuable and feeling like they have a place. And, you know, I work with a population of kids who don't always have a place at home or don't always have someone at home who's able to tell them that they are valuable. And so it, it hits me like, you know, it's pretty deep for me, that passion of just loving people and um, not because of something they've done, but just loving them because they're here and they are human and they are and God loves them. And so I should love them. Yes. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thanks a lot, Margo. I'm sorry. It is the feels hour with Delilah. <laughs> and now some Michael Bolton too. <laughs> uh, it was great. I was, I'm really grateful. Um, I mean, I, I'm assuming he'll listen to this, but it's not just to say that. It's like, I want people to know that I'm super grateful um, that Brent like, he was, like, thinking of, like, just starting a series and having me start it, and I'm really grateful that he was just like, you know what? Like, this is your last chance to speak to this community. Mm-hmm. Um, how about you just say what you want to say? So I'm super appreciative that I... You should have played that John Mayer song. Which one? Uh, say, uh, say what, say you, what you mean to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But, yeah, Anywho. super grateful. And, I mean, like, this is just the tip of the iceberg of all my gratitude to Eastlake and everyone like that. And I didn't want to talk about it too much on Sunday because I'd get all feelsy mm-hmm. and I kind of don't still want to talk about it now because <laughs> I'm <laughs> going to get feelsy again. Uh, but yeah. yeah, just gratitude is probably the number one thing yeah. that I'm taking away from this experience. Um, gratitude that I got to do life with you guys and, and be in a totally different part of the country, um, slightly different culture even mm-hmm. and all these things. And, uh, different environment with yeah. sage rush and tumbleweeds <laughs> that are real guys they're real real things they're bigger than like a little basketball like you see in the movie yep. these things can take you out they sure can <laughs> i've learned so much <laughs> um mm-hmm. but it's just been great i mean i and like everything happens for a reason like um many people have heard that uh, my flight was booked well in advance, but um, Brent's accident happened yep. like two days before I was supposed yep. to come. And I landed and I went from, I hate to say negative things about my my previous experiences uh, with employers, but I went from an organization that was very mistrusting mm-hmm. of, especially youth, even though I'm, I was like 28 years old, <laughs> uh, uh, they, from very mistrusting and very like, keeping your cards close and very like reserved and very like there was a whole pecking order and a whole process and lots of checks and balances, which are like for such a big organization is important. Yes. Uh, But I went to that to 
writing a sermon on the plane because the pastor, we didn't know if he was going to recover yeah. or what that was going to look like indefinitely. Yeah. Uh, writing the sermon on the plane, landing, and literally being given the, the keys to the kingdom, being like, <laughs> this is the keys were. to the building. Uh, this is our, these are our deposits that need to get to the bank, and this is our bank account number. This is the company <laughs> credit card. Uh, mm-hmm. You got this. And so from the second that my feet touched the ground in Tri-Cities, I was met with uh, unrivaled support mm-hmm. and people that were that were on my side and cheering for me. And that just meant a tremendous amount um, just from day one that you guys yeah. set that example, uh, that respect uh, and appreciation was given maybe before it was earned <laughs> uh, and trust was given. And um, especially in a time that was like super vulnerable for you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. I'm just, you guys are amazing and we're going to miss it here. Yeah. Uh, but on to the next thing. You guys always have a place to stay in Pittsburgh. So. Well, yeah. And I just want to say, since this is my public platform opportunity, um, that I want to say thank you to you. Um, so two years ago, like in October, I went on this awkward lunch with Brent and Gary and Margo. And little did I know. When I learned you're allergic to avocado. Yes. <laughs> And little did I know that I just met one of uh, the people who would become a really profound part of my life for the next two years. (laughs) And um, I just want to thank you for your friendship and your encouragement and your support and being a shoulder. And um, then on as a community for Eastlake, what you have done for us here and how you've shaped who we are as a church and how we love people and um we are going to miss you and i am going to especially miss you and even though i don't get a ringside seat anymore i am so excited for what happens as you move on and do all the wonderful things god has planned for you all right we really <laughs> we, need sorry. To, we need to keep it together again <laughs> uh yeah <laughs> and on that note <laughs> I have to say something interesting. Okay. I'm ready. I think we need a transition. I think yeah. there's some people that are confused, but okay. I'm going to put one final PSA out there. Uh, something that I think has struck me a lot in ever since that we've announced publicly that, um, that I'd be, me and Matt would be returning to the East coast is that so many people have come up to me and said, uh, how important it was, at least for the whatever stage in our life, that there was someone here at East Lake that was, and I'm trying not to pull a gender card, but it's important that someone was a female that had their mm-hmm. back that was willing to listen to them. So this is my, my plea, my, my final plea for people listening is that, uh, just know that, uh, females at East Lake that you're needed, um, yeah. that there's people that, are looking for someone to have coffee with and talk to and and need that support. And, and it would just make my heart so happy if uh, more people were willing to to offer themselves being like, hey, Brent, <laughs> if you ever come across <laughs> someone that just needs some encouragement yeah. and needs to to find their place in Eastlake, uh, we can know it could be awkward to sit down with a dude. <laughs> yeah. Um, but if there's people out there that are willing, please let Brent know because him and Kylie do so much and – I mean, there's only like there's a limit to that to yeah. that exhaustion. We don't want to tap them out, but I think I see that there is still a need for for girls that are good at just loving on people. So if that is you, <laughs> let us know because we'd love yes, to please. connect you with people. Um, they just need that encouragement. That need to to go a little uber Christian. They need their arms lifted up for whatever battle that they're facing. Um, so we need you. Like you are important. You are you are needed in this culture. 
Uh, so reach out because we'd love to connect with you. Yes. All right, Megan. All right. Say something interesting. Are you ready? Yeah, I, I am very ready. <laughs> I actually found this a few weeks ago and I was, I, I need to save it. <laughs> right. And I thought, ooh, I should tell Margo and Brent. And then I was like, well, they might not find it as interesting as I do. So anyway, but you know, opportunity arose. So I recently found this new show. It's on the animal planet and it is called The Zoo. And it is basically just like a reality show of the Bronx Zoo in New York. Yeah. And so they just have cameras in all of like they just follow the employees around and go into all the different exhibits and talk about the different animals and things that they're doing uh, and show all of the things. And it is wonderful. And like I granted, I am definitely a biology geek. And so I love that kind of stuff. In fact, for a significant portion of my life, I wanted to be a zookeeper. Me too. <laughs> no and, I got to, and I got to be one for like a hot minute. After, really? After Katrina. Um, uh, that was one of our volunteer things was it. to go and like walk the elephants and to replant animal habitats that's cool. have been destroyed. That's and I was cool. like, I never want to leave, but I <laughs> had to get back to school. So... <laughs> Uh, yeah. So do yourselves a favor, the zoo on animal planet. It is just like funny and sweet and, um, like it's really interesting cause there's all these different things that they're doing with the animals and, you know, trying to treat different diseases and all of the different challenges that come with, uh, doing husbandry with wild animals. That's what you call it yes, when you keep yes. animals. Anyway. Um, <laughs> not not that thing that's illegal in like 27 states. Yeah. It should be more. <laughs> I explained because Margot made this face at me when I said that. Anyway. <laughs> I know what I mean. So I was just really nervous for some of the listeners. Like, didn't that just happen at Columbia Park? <laughs> <laughs> this is why we're not allowed to do this often. <laughs> Awkward. Um, yes. So the zoo on animal planet it's really sweet and do cute. they stream it at all i know there's an animal planet app that i think you can see some i don't stuff. know i've only watched my parents have cable so i've watched it at their house but so bougie <laughs> who has cable <laughs> these days who can afford cable old people betsy <laughs> that's who <laughs> all right uh so my see something interesting i was like feeling very halloween-esque and there's um a twitter profile that obviously i am biased towards because I do love the great city of Pittsburgh, but it's called like Odd Pittsburgh or something like that. Uh-huh. And they post like old articles and just like weird, weird happenings. Uh, like one of the ones they posted was that back in the early 1900s, they had a Friday the 13th club. What? And on every Friday the 13th, all these men in like the fancy suits and the black top hats would go around and like walk under ladders and like release black cats into the city <laughs> and then have like a super expensive lunch. Like it was like really <laughs> bored, ridiculous. really bored, rich white guys yes, just like that having an excuse to have this club. Uh, but this one, <laughs> this one piqued my interest, not just because it was kind of creepy and had to do with Pittsburgh, but I was a college rugby player. So rugby okay. is near and dear to my heart. Mm-hmm. This is the headline from 1986, which makes it worse because I thought this happened way earlier. Rugby players booted human heads, not skulls. (laughs) So to to recap parts of this article that they have in full, uh, apparently some players on a uh, college rugby team from Pittsburgh stole cadaver heads from the medical institution and Uh. in order to intimidate the other team, 
like you know at the beginning you see people warming up oh, and yeah, practicing uh-huh. they were practicing that's their just kicks. wrong yeah it was pretty bad <laughs> it was pretty bad and they're like oh it's just skulls and people are like no nope. like i see a lot of there's going like on. face <laughs> and then afterwards as added insult and injury they lined the heads on the sidelines with beer <laughs> like they had it gave each head a cup of beer oh and made gosh. paper crowns for their heads. Uh, that's so and then the, pay- the players responsible, the hammer did come down and the university either said that they could go to jail for theft or they could leave the college. Wow. And so just like in the back of my head, I'm like, imagine like your uncle. Right. I know. I was like, like, what if it was one of your relatives? Because <laughs> this is like 86. Yes. It's like, so why didn't you finish college? Oh, uh, well. <laughs> How wrong is that, though? Well, what, imagine, like, what if one of those cadaver heads was, like, a so relative oh, of gosh, someone who know. was on that field? And be like, that's my grandpa. <laughs> one, of my, one of my favorite lines was, like, they interviewed the other team, and one of the guys said, all we could do is just ignore it and pretend that they were regular balls, but I kept 15 feet away. <laughs> I'm like, like, you wouldn't keep 15 feet away if you were pretending it was a regular ball. Nope, you <laughs> knew ball. full well that was a head. <laughs> So that was just kind of mm. weird. But I mean, they have lots of really quirky, interesting things on there. That one was just, it made me laugh because as a rugby player, I can tell you there was some weird stuff. Rugby players are crazy. I don't. I, yeah. I've met a few like crazy. They're a little, they're weird. Crazy. Yeah. And everyone has nicknames that you don't want to know the meanings of. That is true. And it's like a big honor to get your nickname. Yeah, I can't say mine on the air, but it was polite. It was it was actually polite because I didn't. Here's the thing that made me. Here's the thing that made me stand out on the rugby team is that I didn't drink. Oh yeah, which was like like placing That's, an alien in yes. the midst of civilization. Yes. It was like what you don't drink. Like yeah. my big fat Greek wedding, he doesn't mm-hmm. eat meat. Yeah, <laughs> so, that's okay. I'll make you laugh. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so they would rent a short bus, like a little shuttle, because. Uh-huh. So you play rugby on Saturday morning and all Saturday night you have the rugby social, which sounds fancy, but it's no, just. It's just getting. Yeah. Wasted. Yes. And so I didn't drink. <laughs> so they would rent this little shuttle bus and I would drive everyone Oh home. my gosh, Margo. I was the team mama. <laughs> I took care of everyone. I was a goody t-shoes even then. I believe uh, it. But there was, there was, I can tell you some tales. So if I you guys be, ever want yeah. to hear a good rugby tale. Wow. And I like, here's the thing. I, I kind of like I love the culture because it's just it is what it is. It's like keep Portland weird yeah. of the sports culture. Yeah. But at the same time, I kind of wish it wasn't so extreme because rugby. I love rugby. One of my favorite things about rugby is that uh, there's no adjustments between the male and female sports. Oh, that is in, cool in terms of like mm-hmm. contact or anything mm-hmm. like that. Uh, the only thing that's different is like how you do certain moves for lack of better term just because female have more lower body strength than men so certain tackles and certain elements of the game actually take place just lower to the ground because of how our bodies operate but i remember the thing that pushed me over the edge into the pro rugby arena was i went to a friend who's super athletic super amazing she had a college lacrosse game and i remember sitting and watching it and being like they're not allowed to even make contact with their sticks like Mm -hmm. stick to stick Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> I, I have a black eye, <laughs> cracked rib. <laughs> but it just made me sad that they were being coddled a little bit. And I don't know. I think there's always been that strong female uh, fighter yes. in me. Mm-hmm. And then the other half of it, like, why did Margo play rugby? Because I'm not athletic. And it was the only college sport that no one had any experience before. <laughs> yeah. Also, you 
don't necessarily have to be super athletic to you play You say that, but oh well, man. I mean, if you want to do like professional or whatever, but yeah, I don't know. Like the th- like I will say rugby was very hard because unlike football where you can throw you can throw the ball forward, you can yes. forward throw and then you get like 40 yards like just cuz the the ball does the yardage for you. Yes. Rugby you have to run every single yard that you yeah. get. Cuz you so, can only do laterals, right? Yes, yeah. you can only do sideways or sideways. backwards. Mm-hmm. Lateral is the fancy yeah. word, but sideways mm-hmm. or or backwards passes. And so every yard that you get on the rugby field is by sweat and by pushing people yeah. and Struggle, struggle street. Yep. Go rugby. Go all blacks, New Zealand. They're my team. <laughs> all right. We we threw we we capped it off with some sports, yeah. Brent. Yeah. We we tried yeah. our best. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there are some tears, but it's okay. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, thank you guys for tuning in to say something interesting. Uh you can find me on the Instagrams at Adventures in Caffeine. Do you have, do you have I do have an Instagram. I think it's Meg Bojan. But <laughs> She's I don't like, actually thinks. remember. Or you can just, you know, talk with her in the lobby. She's a cool cat. Uh, But yeah, thank you guys for tuning in, however you found us. We'd love to hear from you if you guys know of interesting things for us to share on the air. Help us out. It is a challenge every week to be like... a little bit of a challenge. The pressure is on. And I don't even do it every week yet, so... (laughs) You have to save it weeks in advance. (laughs) Uh, All right, guys. We'll have a great week, and uh, we'll hear... We'll tune in next week. The final, final podcast. Oh it's gosh. the final podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, guys. Bye.